This is episode 103 of AA Beyond Belief, the podcast. In today's episode, I'll be speaking with Cindy from the Agnostics and Others group in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Cindy recently created a website called Voices in Recovery, where she hopes to capture audio recordings of recovery speakers, focusing primarily on those whose voices are not often heard. We'll talk about this project and how it came to be, and also a little bit about her group in Fayetteville. Hey, Cindy, how you doing? Thanks uh, for joining me here on the podcast today. Thanks so much for um, having me. Yeah, it was really nice to get your email letting us know about uh, this project that you're undertaking, Voices in Recovery, and I, I thought it was a really great idea. You want to just jump into it and uh, explain what the project is and, and what inspired you to um, get involved with it? The idea behind it is to create a sort of online library where people can find, I know they're not speaker tapes, but that's kind of what I know them as, um, speaker tapes, like you would with, um, like when people share their story and it's recorded and you can go on YouTube or there's apps on your phone and you can listen to them. I wanted to create a place that was convenient to find these shares that, that sort of highlight voices that aren't really heard. I, I, uh, got sober through AA and I stopped going to meetings for about a year and a couple of months into not going to meetings, I really started to miss the connection that I felt when I was going. Um, and so I started listening to speakers on YouTube. And after a while, I realized that I couldn't find any speakers that were atheist or agnostic or quote unquote, the minority, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how this project came about, is I wanted to create a place where these voices could be found easier. Is the idea for um, like people to record their story and then like email it to you or? um, Yeah. Okay. They can record the story and um, and email it or some people, if they don't, for whatever reason, want to record it or are are unfamiliar with how to do that, if they want to type it, I could post it for people to read, I suppose. But yes, they can send it that way or they can contact if they have any questions and I'll try to help in any way that I can. Well, I think it's a great idea. And would you also put them on YouTube? Because that's not that difficult to do either. If you'd like to do that, I could help you if you were interested in doing that. Okay. I I really, um, I mean, I would be open to that. Mm-hmm. I really didn't know what was going to happen with this. I mean, a big part of me sort of thought nothing would happen with it, honestly. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it happened uh, in a moment of anger. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to do something because um, I helped co-found a group here where I live called mm-hmm. Agnostics and Other. It's, it's an AA group. In Fayetteville, and right? when, North Carolina. In Fayetteville, Fayetteville, mm-hmm. North Carolina. And when we started the group, I was, I feel like a bit naive because I've thought, oh, here's this community. We're all for love and we're all just, you know, here for each other. And there were a lot of people who were against the group. I was really shocked. Mm-hmm. Um, I was shocked, honestly. And that's why I stopped going to AA for so long. And then this was years ago, four years ago. And then about six months ago, it came up again where some groups in the area were trying to get us off the meeting schedule and, and uh, trying to, I mean, just ridiculous stuff. And it, um, and I was angry. I got angry that this was still happening. So I was like, I want to do something. I want to do something because it's not healthy for me to sit in that 
emotion. So I was like, what can I do? And then that the idea to start this website just popped in my head. Because yeah. up until then, I was still listening to speaker tapes and I was still looking for, you know, any other voice besides. And, and what you find on the Internet and on apps, they're great shares. I mean, I do get a lot out of them. I'm trying to downplay those or anything. Um, there are other voices, too, out there. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And it's important for them to be heard um, when people yeah. do hear. I mean, it's really powerful to hear someone tell your own story and from your mm -hmm. perspective. So, you know, that's what I found from the podcast, too, is that people are like, wow, you know, I, I've never heard you know, an atheist share their story before. And, you know, it really is meaningful. I was, I'm just kind of curious, did any of those people that were trying to get your group off the meeting list, did they give any reasons for for that action? And, and whatever whatever happened, how did your inner group or central office react to that? Um, well, they actually had sent people to our meeting. And we went to the, I was not at the inner group meeting. My, the one of the people that co-founded the agnostics and others group here, he was the treasurer for the intergroup. And um, he and he went to one of the meetings and people had come from another group and brought some paper that somebody had brought to the meeting, to the agnostics meeting and shared or something and said that this is an outside issue. You can't talk about this in the meeting. They are not a real AA group. Hmm. And it was, um, it was, it was the 12 steps, but it was written differently. Mm -hmm. um, and it was somebody's share and they were like, they're using this in a meeting. And we were like, hmm. you know, and the, the, the guy who was the treasurer, of course, was very upset. I would have been upset as well. Mm -hmm. But, um, and they were saying that we were violating the traditions hmm. because we were not using conference approved literature, oh which is not true. Yeah. Um, and they were saying that we uh, were affiliated because somebody came and shared that this was something that they found helpful to them, Right. that we were affiliated with an outside, um, I forget the term now, but that's how it started this last time. But right. ever since we started the group, there's been people who just, just, just don't, don't like us. Yeah, isn't that something? <laughs> It's like I mean I, I when when I when we started this group I was so excited I thought yeah. there was going to be this like great support and and we do have a lot of support I don't want right. to make it sound like like everybody I do have we do have a lot of support yeah. but I was surprised at how much hate I was surprised and then my little naive bubble was like popped I was like oh my gosh I know exactly yeah. though I, I I live in the same bubble <laughs> and and every once in a while I I see oh there are people out there that really aren't crazy about us and I see it every once in a while I haven't experienced it too much here where I live but I have seen it in other places and and I, like what your you experienced is really similar to what my friend Doris's group um, went through when their district actually was took them off of their district meeting list and accused them of having outside affiliations and all this other stuff. And it was like, ultimately, it was like they were just trying to find reasons because it was basically yeah. just prejudice. And I think that's probably the same thing in your situation. So what mm -hmm. happened? Did they? Did the inner group just say, did the central office well, just say no? Or Well, no. <laughs> the last meeting, that the last inner group meeting, the group was on the agenda again. And the treasurer asked them, is this going, is this, is this done? I thought this was, because they had voted at the, the one where the other groups had come and were saying, you know, if you don't get them off the meeting, we're not going to support you. We're not going to send money to the intergroup anymore. Wow. You know, there was a lot of discussion that the majority of the people in the room disagreed with that. They were like, you know, you can't, that's, that's, you can't do that. You know, ridiculous. 
and they voted to not remove us from the schedule. Good. And then the next meeting that they had, it w- we were brought up again. The meeting, the group was brought up again, and the treasurer asked, um, you know, is this going to continue, or are you going to, you know, I thought we thought, or is it done? And they said that they were, it was not done. Hmm. So I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. As of right now, we're still on the meeting schedule, but I've kind of, I'm not really angry about the situation anymore. Mm-hmm. I've just sort of accepted that it is what it is. And if they do get us off the meeting schedule, we're still going to, we're still going to be a group and we're still going to sure. do what we do. But it's unfortunate because there's, you know, I just think about when I started in, when I first got sober, clean and sober, if I had come to a meeting and there had been this sort of negativity, I wouldn't have gone back and I would be dead. And yeah. so I think, you know, how many people are being, how many people are not coming back? Like, I mm. feel like that's, that's, I don't know. I feel like that's being forgotten. I mean, not, yeah. I don't have, I don't have like hundred years sobriety or anything, but I just, I don't know. It's well, these inner groups, they're, they're, they're kind of, so these inner groups can be kind of dysfunctional sometimes um, because they're not really, they're not really part of the AA service structure. They're not really well informed of the concepts of service and how, mm-hmm. you know, AA operates and they don't seem to have respect for minority opinion. And, um, you know, first of all, everything that they're doing here is totally wrong. Even if your group was breaking traditions, there's no punishment that can be inflicted on you for doing that. <laughs> you, I mean, every, the, the, you know, it's not like uh, AA has uh, laws and rules that, that if we break them, we, we can't um, participate with the rest of the AA community or whatever. It's, so yeah. they're, they're just totally wrong on that. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's just, um, it's just ignorant people just um, displaying their prejudice. But it sounds like the majority of the people at least are, are um, supporting you. And, that, and that's good, but it's too bad that you have to go mm-hmm. through it. But I admire you for what you have done is uh, turn, that, turn that energy around into something positive. And, and this will be that because I know that people will, it might take a little while, but people will learn about your, your site, Voices in Recovery, and you know, it will get attention. And the more uh, material that you put up there, the more that you know, it will be found. You, know, you could even put something up there about your group as well you know, and, and help people find your group probably don't even need to be listed on the central office website. But, um, and I think it's also nice that you're not specifically, this isn't an AA site that you're creating. So you're no. not going to really be focusing on specifically alcoholism, but you're, you're welcoming contributions from people who are recovering from any addiction. Yes. Um, I am an alcoholic and I am an addict and I'm also a bulimic. I used um, alcohol, drugs, and food were my biggest spices. And hmm. I remember being early in recovery and um, somebody told me I couldn't talk about drugs. They're like, no, no, you can't identify as that. And I was very, you know, I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Okay. okay." (laughs) And, you know, but but you're new. I'm new. You know, you just, Mm -hmm. and I was terrified. So, but thankfully I had a sponsor who she didn't, she didn't tell me that I couldn't talk about both. You know what I mean? She let me, she let me be me. And I I remember being at a meeting one time. It was on the pamphlet, um, substances other than alcohol, I believe mm-hmm. it's called. I might be wrong in mm-hmm. including that pamphlet. And I was surprised at how many people um, agreed that you should only focus on alcohol. And, you know, I think being the person that I am, I, and if you had it, I didn't care what it was, I wanted to abuse it to excess. Thankfully, I had a sponsor who let me talk about everything. Otherwise, you know, I might, because AA was the first place, I think in my whole life that I really felt like, oh, I'm going to be okay. Like I belong here. But I attribute a lot of that to having a sponsor who 
you know, she didn't, she didn't tell me you, you can't be an addict as well. Yeah. And I was, I was a few years into my recovery before I realized that food was an issue because it was something that I, I, my whole life had mm-hmm. been an issue since I was in elementary school. But until I started going to therapy and exploring, you know, working on other areas of my life, I was like, oh, this is also a problem for me. So it was something that I discovered later on after I had been clean and sober for a few years. Yeah. Um, but yes, the site is for, for anybody. If they were, if they're an alcoholic, an addict, if they self-harm, if they, you know, any addiction, any, any sort of recovery that they've gone through. Cause I feel like, and this is just my opinion, I'm not a doctor or anything, but I feel like recovery is recovery. You know, if you're recovering, if I'm recovering from alcohol or from out of drugs or food, the process for me has been the same. That's it's right. Just, it's just the, you know, the, the underlying issues that I was trying to not feel or control or whatever, they're basically the same. It's just yeah. the unhealthy outlet that I use for different. So again, I'm not a professional, but mm-hmm. my experience has been that it didn't matter what I, what I abused. Yeah kind of the underlying reason why I was doing it was the same. And the way that I treat it now and try to stay healthy mentally for all of those are the same. Exactly. And, and I think there's some actually some scientific evidence to support that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm like you, I'm no expert at all. I, I've read a couple of books and talked to some, some doctors and so forth. But um, basically, you know, addiction is addictions. And it's some it's, uh-huh. it's basically it's a, um, from my understanding, it's a dopamine issue. It's It's what it's what happens to your brain. There's a change in the brain that takes place, and it doesn't matter what substance you use that that does that. It's the same. It's the same um, dysfunction with the brain reacting to mm-hmm. whatever that chemical influence is, and it can be you know a reaction from you know sugar, or it can be cocaine, or it could be you know marijuana or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the treatment for it is the same as well. And the recovery process is the same for all of those drugs. But you know what I always found funny, because uh, we have that here every once in a while, um, somebody gets <laughs> some some group um, goes on this, this, um, this uh, tirade about speaking about things other than alcohol. But the truth of the matter is, rarely in meetings do we ever speak about our use. You know, it's usually about the recovery anyway. And mm-hmm. most people, especially drug addicts, you know, if they're if they want to recover from drugs, they also they they include alcohol in that. You know, they say it might not have been my drug of choice, but for me to be clean, I should also abstain from alcohol. So they should be welcome to AA, and they should be able to speak about whatever they want to. In my opinion, but that's beside the point. It's I think it's great that that you are welcoming, you know, all addictions and also really trying to focus on those people whose voices aren't being heard. Now that would include atheists and agnostics and free thinkers, but that could also include gay, lesbian, transgender. Yes. I think it's important cuz I know for me personally when I heard other people share mm-hmm. and it was something that that I hadn't shared when I was early in recovery. That's what started to allow me to actually share what was Mm -hmm. going on in my head. And that's when I truly began to heal is when I quit keeping everything bottled up. And so I I think it's important to hear that even, you know, and it's, it's might not be what everybody needs to hear, but nothing is. Um, I remember there was, there was a a lady who, um, she traveled back and forth through Fayetteville. She had a son that lived here. I'm not sure if he still lives here, but um, she was the first person I ever, ever heard share in a meeting getting sober without God. And, and I, I was 
I don't remember, within my first year, I believe. And, um, and when she moved away, I was so sad because, you know, she, there she sat and she just shared that she got sober without God. And I had never even considered that was possible Yeah. because here where I live, um, I don't know about other places. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever talked about that. Nobody right. ever said that. Now, right. my sponsor didn't tell me I had, my sponsor, she wasn't like, you have to believe in God. Right. She just sort of led me through the stiff. She was just my guide. And right. She was, was amazing. She yeah. was amazing. She never told me you have to do this or that or She whatever. does sound great. But but this woman who um, has moved away and needs to move back, <laughs> <laughs> she was the first person I ever heard share that. And it was important for me to hear. Yeah. Not important for everyone, but it, it really helped me. It helped me <laughs> yeah. get better. So, oh, I know. You know, I was um, going to meetings on a very regular basis for 25 years in Kansas City. And never once heard anybody say that they were an atheist, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. until finally, many, many, many years later. And um, my friend Jim is a, is an open atheist, and he was the only one I knew in AA who who was. And so he and I started our group together, the We Agnostics group here. And uh, but yeah, all that time I never, you know, never never knew. Um, I didn't even know they had these agnostic, you know, secular AA meetings going on, which they've had for a long time. I had knew nothing about it, you know. Um, and around the time that you were getting sober, I think you said it was around 2012, right? Yeah. That, that was about the time I was kind of realizing I was an atheist. And I was searching for just what you're saying. I was looking for, like, atheists in AA and stuff like that. And I really was having a hard time finding anything. There really wasn't a lot out there. Yeah, that that... That's very, very true. But I'm also thinking, you know, there's other underrepresented communities, too, in recovery. Um, and I know maybe not so much with AA and other 12-step programs, but the African-American community is very underrepresented in AA. And I don't know how many stories are out there from from that community. Native Americans would be another one. Um, mm-hmm. You know, um, just you can just go on. But yeah, it's hard know. to find because. When I first started looking, initially I was just looking for atheist or agnostic speakers Mm -hmm. just out of curiosity. And I had found one speaker. He was Irish and he spoke at a convention in London and Uh he was an atheist. And I just, and and I forget his name. I'll have to, I'll have to find it. It was on YouTube. But I I found him and I was like, whoa, they have speakers like this. And I couldn't find, I found some on other sites, but they're only like 15, 20 minute shares. They're very short. Yep. Um, so I started looking, are there any other ones? And then out of curiosity, I started looking, are there, can I find Asian American, African American, mm-hmm. gay lesbian stories? And you can't, or no. I can't. Maybe. No. And, and so the internet is amazing though. It is, it is, um, I feel, I was actually talking to somebody today about how I feel more connected to recovery through the internet than mm-hmm. I do through the community here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because, I know what you, you mean. Know, yeah. You can find people to talk to and that, and like with your site and stuff, it's, you know, I mean, I just found it, but yeah. it's great. And I'm like telling everybody that's in my group. People like, you got to go here. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's very true. You know, I, I was never, um, I, I don't really actually get into the online meeting so much, but mm-hmm. I do all this other stuff online, like, well, the podcast, the website, Facebook, and I, I'm mm-hmm. always, I'm always connected with other people in recovery through through the internet online and I have good friends from all over the world and, you know, we'll have Skype conversations from time to time or whatever. And, um, it's just really nice. And, and I feel like I've got plenty to do to keep me occupied and, 
I could probably do this and feel just like as involved um, in the program as I would be going to meetings every day. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind of nice to have that and to have um, input from outside my local community. You know, you talk about we were talking about being in bubbles, but, you know, for a long, long time, the my AA world was pretty small. It was just my little group that I went to for all those years. It was a men's group even in um, Kansas City. And so, you know, my my whole experience was confined to these men, um, mostly white, um, sharing, you know, about God (laughs) and the big book (laughs) um, in these meetings. And that was all I knew, you know. And uh, so I kind of woke up when I, it was kind of a good thing for me when I realized I was an atheist, because I started thinking you know, outside of that bubble that I'd been in for all that time. And it really, you know, catapulted me into a whole new, you know, respect for the program and appreciation for it. And um, knowing that, like a friend of mine says, you know, we can create our own fellowship um, if if the one that we are in doesn't suit us. Yeah, I think the, the fellowship is definitely important. For me, it was important to have yeah. people that I could you know, it's, there's something about talking to somebody else and you don't have to explain yourself. They just get it. They're like, yeah, I get it. I've been there. <laughs> it's very powerful for me anyway. Well, I'm glad you started your group in Fayetteville. That's that's good. I know that there's a, there are some other groups in North Carolina also. We based ours off of a group in Raleigh, actually. there's um, there were When we started the group, there were two in Raleigh. And mm-hmm. I, went to, I went to one and then um, I didn't go to the one that we that we based the ours off of right away. But mm-hmm. I did get the phone number for the, the founder and spoke with her and, and she was incredibly helpful in helping us get started. And so we just were like, we're going to take your name too. Good. <laughs> we'll just be like your spinoff. And then there's another group in Asheville. Then they meet like, not, I, they not. meet like five days a week, I think. Oh, that'd be great. We try to do the, that, but it's hard. It was hard to find a venue. <laughs> yeah. That would let us meet. Yeah. So. Where, where did you finally get to find a place to meet? When we first started, we were meeting at the Quaker House here in Fayetteville. They were uh-huh. the only place. And then we just this year moved to a treatment center. They're called the Carolina Treatment Center. Oh. Um, and they allow us to meet, and um, it's an open meeting, so they. Oh, nice. So do you get people that are in that are in treatment that go to the meeting? We do get some people from from the um, treatment center. We've just sort of started back up today. I'm not sure how the meeting went because of the, uh-huh. the hurricane and stuff, but. Um, yeah. But they've been really supportive there. They, um, and we're 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 excited. Good. We did ask if we could meet more, but it's inconvenient for them. And so yeah. we're a small group. We are a yeah. small group, but um, but we still have I still get we still have some good meetings. Well, that's great. Okay. Well, I look forward to watching your progress as as the as you start getting submissions. And you know, if there's anything that I can do here to help, I'd be more than happy to do that. I I I love audio, and um, I love listening to speakers, um, and and trying to preserve as much anything I can find. I just really am into it. So I I'm really excited about your project and really wish you the best with it. And we'll do anything I can to help you if you need any help at all. I really appreciate it. You're already helping so much. Like, Good. I, like I said, when I started it, I was just like, well, this is what's going to happen. And then you agreed to, to do this and help. And I was like, wow, this might actually happen. So people out there, if, you, if you'd like to get in touch with Cindy, you can email her at speakerproject01 at gmail.com. And the Voices in Recovery website 
is voicesinrecovery.weebly.com. And you can find all the information about that there. And we posted a little news article about it and on AA Beyond Belief that has links to the website and to um, Cindy's email address. So that's how you can get it, get in touch with them. Um, Cindy, anything else that you need to, uh, you that we left out? Um, no, not that I can think of. Thank you so much. Oh, thank I'm you. It's been wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you. Well, that concludes another episode of AA Beyond Belief, the podcast. Thank you for listening, everybody. Again, you can visit Cindy's website, Voices in Recovery, at voicesandrecovery.weebly.com and contact Cindy at her email address, speakerproject01 at gmail.com.